What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Today, we are talking about steps. Why do we care about getting steps? Should you get 10,000? If not, how many should you get? And how do you go about figuring that out? Does it matter how you get those steps? What's my general recommendation for general population, but also maybe specifically in certain circumstances? And should you get more or less depending on your fat loss goals? Maybe more, should you get more if you're in a cut or less if you're in maintenance? And how do you go about that kind of transition? And I'll start by saying that this podcast hopefully is going to be relatively short because I think that uh, we'll get into a little bit more detail. But while I think getting steps and being active and getting movement and getting outside and, and being, you know, whatever, moving is important. But being super detailed about the exact amount of steps we're getting has pros and cons and, and probably is something where we place a little bit too much of our brain power on uh, when in reality, just moving in general is super important and a lot of the other stuff is just less important. Cool. So we'll start with the question of why do we care? Why do we care about getting steps? And two main reasons that this, this in, in this at least fitness bubble that we're talking about getting steps, one would be cardiovascular health and the second would be weight management. Obviously getting steps burns calories and so it helps in this weight management, body composition management uh, and body composition change. And so let's start with the first one, cardiovascular health, and say, for the record, walking is amazing for your heart. Amazing. It is amazing for your heart. It is great for cardiovascular health. I feel like there's just this massive misunderstanding that if I'm not sweating or my heart rate not, is not super high or I'm not super exhausted, that this, isn't not, this is not training my heart in any positive way. I'm not gaining any amount of cardiovascular health here. Um, this is massively untrue. Cardio does not mean sweating. You can get amazing amounts of cardiovascular benefit from walking. Walking is amazing for your heart. We'll get into that maybe a little bit more later. Outside of the extremes in terms of getting a ton of steps all the time, 25,000, 30,000, you know, racking it up into oblivion, on average, moving more is a good thing across the board. And I'd also say there's a mental health benefit here, especially if you're getting outside. But yes, this steps discussion, I'm going to break it down into these two factors of cardiovascular health and weight management. Those are the two things we're looking for. It's like, why am I getting on this treadmill? Why am I going out for a walk? Why am I accumulating these steps? Why do I have a step goal? Well, it's probably because you want a healthy heart and you also are using it as a tool on this calories in, calories out equation for weight management purposes, which totally makes sense. So the answer to how many steps should I get is really, is pretty simple. It's enough to get cardiovascular benefits and enough that when you look at your overall lifestyle, you're active enough to aid in uh, the support of weight maintenance or, or a healthy body fat range, let's say. And so how many steps should you get? Well, you should get enough for cardiovascular health and you should get enough for weight management or whatever your you know weight related body comp related goals are. So the follow-up question is like, well, okay, so that's 10,000, right? Eh, there's nothing special about this number. It really just started as a marketing campaign, I believe in Japan, don't quote me on that. Uh, and, and, and that doesn't mean that it's not helpful. Just because a number is arbitrary doesn't mean it's, you know, it, it means that it's arbitrary and that we shouldn't hang our hat on this number as a specific, you know, number or threshold, which, you know, that's where we get the cardiovascular benefits or that's where we get the weight management benefits. Um, it's mostly arbitrary, but that doesn't mean it's not a decent amount or at least a, a jumping off point for us to have a discussion. Uh, what's important to know is that you can achieve the above goals. And I want to make this very clear. You can achieve the above goals, which is cardiovascular health and weight management with a lot of different step numbers, depending on several other factors, mainly what the rest of your life looks like, right? Like, you know, let's take an example, right? If, 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 you, if not 10,000, how many steps should you get? And let's look at an example of somebody who's getting six to 8,000 steps. If someone's like, hey, Jordan, I'm getting six to 8,000 steps. Is this enough? All right. 
Like what they're asking me is, am I missing out on some cardiovascular health because I'm not getting 10K or more? It's like, I don't know, maybe like, what does the rest of your life look like? What if you lift weights rigorously three to four times a week, you eat a balanced diet, you know, a balanced diet that also aids in weight management. You sleep enough, you manage your stress, you have a decent body composition. Like, are are you missing out on steps because, or are you missing out on some amount of health because you're not getting 10,000 steps? Of course not. This is a healthy person. If someone's like, hey, I'm getting six to 8,000 steps. I lift weights, you know, three to four times a week. I eat a balanced diet, I eat fruits and vegetables. You know, I sleep well, I manage my stress. Like, you know, am I screwed? Because I'm not, of course not. This is a healthy person. Like, we know this logically, but we're like, oh, I'm supposed to getting 10,000 steps. No, what you're supposed to do is, you know, be active enough to have a healthy heart and, you know, view activity, at least in part in this weight management, um, you know, matrix. And so, uh, you know, cardio and health, like cardio, sorry, cardio health and weight management come down to way more than just the amount of steps you're getting. Like there are people getting 10,000 steps who are, you know, uh, missing, you know, uh, how do I phrase this, uh, in a PC sort of way. There are people getting 10,000 steps who are less healthy than they could be if they were getting other things in check. And so just because you're getting 10,000 steps doesn't tell me that much about your cardiovascular health or your uh, overall metabolic health or your weight management. I mean, there's just so many other factors. This is one piece and it's an important piece. Moving is important, totally. But it's still just one piece. I have clients who are perfectly healthy getting 5,000 steps a day. They are. Blood work is good, healthy heart, weight management is, uh, you know, their weight is stable in a range that they're happy with. Like, you know why? Because they are active in other ways. They lift weights, they eat a balanced diet. Like there's other things that they're doing and we look at the overall matrix of health, they are checking the boxes and that's awesome. Again, steps is one of those that, you know, we is probably important, but it is not the only one. Next question is, does it matter how you get those steps? Like what if you do other forms of activity that don't give you steps. And, and, and I'm, we'll talk about this in a second, but let's say you're swimming or you're biking or you're doing the rower, all of which give you either less steps than if you just got on a treadmill or no steps, depending on what, you know, whatever. Sometimes it doesn't register, let's say. Like, I hope it goes without saying that these are still fine forms of movement, even if they don't give you steps. Like, I, I, like of course these count. Steps are just a factor of movement. People are like, Somebody, I'll have a client be like, oh my God, Jordan, I, you know, my, my Fitbit buzzed and I hit 10,000, but I was just like folding the laundry. Like, like something must be wrong. I wasn't actually getting steps. Like, man, steps is just a rough estimate of total movement. And if you're folding laundry or you're doing whatever, like you're washing dishes or whatever you're doing around the house, like, and you're moving your arms, like that's still movement. At the end of the day, we're trying to measure movement and steps is just one decent way to represent movement. But if you're moving your arms a lot, you know, how different is that from getting a step? And so they are kind of aggregate into one, which is probably a good thing. Um, I hope it goes without saying, because this is another circumstance that comes up a lot. It's like, if you did a spin class, you know, you biked, you know, hard for 30 to 45 minutes. And then you're like, oh, I I also need to get on the treadmill or go for two walks today because I really got to hit my, no, of course you don't. Like you've checked the box of activity for the day. You've checked the box of movement for the day. You know, if you did a 45 minute spin class, like chances are, you know, the cardiovascular benefits and the weight management benefits, you've probably checked both of those for the day. So, you know, if you're active in a certain way that doesn't necessarily give you a ton of steps, like you should find solace in the fact that you are still active for that day. And that is the goal. The goal is not to like neurotically need to hit a certain amount of steps. The goal is to be more active in your lifestyle because it has health benefits across the board. 
Um, you know, this other question here that I wrote was like, should you do hit or lists or whatever for fat loss? Like, does it matter if you run or walk? Um, I guess it, I guess it does matter to some degree. There are pros and cons specifically in this context. We're not going to look at it in terms of like muscle gain or anything like that. You know, if you run 10,000 steps or you walk 10,000 steps, you probably burn more calories running. It's not massively significant, but it is technically more. And so people will hear that and they're like, well, then I need to run these 10,000 steps. Well, not really. You know, there's probably some energy constraint theory where if you do something that's super fatiguing and like running 10,000 steps, you might actually end up downregulating meat later in the day to some degree. So there might be some energy constraint there. My advice is not to think about that at all. If I have a client who's like, hey, I'm getting 10,000 steps. Do you care how I get them? Should I run? Should I do hit? Should I bike? Should I uh, walk? Should I do an incline? It's like, you should get them however you enjoy getting them, however you can stay consistent getting them, however you feel good getting them. That is by far the most important variable. There is nothing special about running the 10K steps or walking the 10K steps or the 8K steps or 6K steps or whatever you're getting or doing hit to get there or doing the bike to get there or the Stairmaster to get there. It's like, meh. What I care about is that you are active in a way that is sustainable for you, enjoyable for you, part of your best life, doesn't cause you stress or anxiety. Like all of those things, if you're checking all those boxes and it turns out to be whatever, walking, running, biking, swimming, you know, whatever, I'm happy and I think you're, you're checking the necessary helpful boxes here. So let's, let's so, so now we have this discussion of like, well, okay, Jordan, it, you know, I have to look at my steps as a factor of my overall activity in my life and also factor in the other facets of health with stress management and diet and sleep and relationships and all of this stuff. You know, what's a good general recommendation? Because I think 10K sits up top this like general recommendation of like, oh, we just assume 10K is a number that we should all be getting. But if if I'm trying to make the point that it's not so important as, an, as a specific number, what would m- my general recommendation be? Uh, you know, it's not helpful to just shit on something and not give a general recommendation. And so in general, my generally, should we get 10,000 steps? Like that's the question, right? It's like my heart wants to say yes, because it's clear at a population level across the board, specifically in this country, we're not hitting basically basic activity recommendations. Like, you know, if, if I would rather, there is definitely some upside to saying, yeah, we should get 10,000 steps because there are going to be people who then move more. And that's awesome. We need to move more on average as a species for sure. But, you know, obsessing over 10,000 steps per day as a specific number, I mean, we don't definitely do not have to do that. Like sometimes the data of the, the actual tracking can be more harmful than it's worth. I mean, I think all of us have, you know, or many of us have gotten to a point where we got pretty data obsessed and, you know, it turned into something that actually maybe was a net negative or not as beneficial as it could be because we're being so anal about hitting this exact 10K. I've had clients, especially earlier in my career when I was big on like step challenges and stuff. And, and, and there's pros to all of that. We had a ton of people who ended up moving more, getting a Fitbit, getting active, getting outside. And it's awesome. But there's also a, a, a dark side of that where it's like, hey, tracking all of this stuff can sometimes be more cause, be more anxiety causing than the actual benefits that it, you know you could get from the movement. And so moving is important. Moving more is probably important. How you move is probably less important. Getting 10K as a specific number is not important. Um, yeah. Cool. So what I would do is I would take into account the rest of your activities that you do, as well as your nutrition and other factors of health and, and the realistic time allocation that you can put forth towards steps 
and find out what's realistic for your lifestyle. Not everybody's going to be able to get 10,000 easily. Some of us have desk jobs. We're stuck to the chair for, you know, a certain number of hours per day. And sure, there's walking, you know, there's treadmill desks and, you know, you can take a walk uh, while you take a call or something like that. There are ways where you can get more steps, but it's not going to be as easy for everybody. I have clients who get, you know, 12 to 15K steps. They don't even get on it. They don't think about getting on treadmill. This is just their actual life, whatever it is. Maybe they're personal trainer or they work outside or whatever it is. Um, and so be realistic about what your lifestyle can, can, uh, you know, allow for you to fit in, in terms of steps. If I had to make a general recommendation in terms of average step count after working with people for the last decade plus, I'd say eight to 10,000 somewhere is a decent ballpark, not because it is some special threshold. Uh, we'll talk about the fact that it might be in a second, but it's really not a special threshold that it's a decent ballpark amount that's attainable, sustainable, and will give you a nice balance of those cardiovascular benefits and calorie burn. Some research out there is saying that somewhere around this like 8,000 step is where we start to see some of the appetite suppression effects of uh, activity, which is pretty cool. There, for those of you guys who don't know, activity in general is a, for most people is a, is a slight appetite suppressant, which can be helpful again in this environment that we're in where we're, you know, obesogenic environment, quote unquote. Um, and so getting to that 8K step mark, you could say that there's some research out there that that makes that number pretty cool. Um, but I'd say just moving more in general is going to give you a little bit more of that appetite suppression. I'd say that there's obviously diminishing return. It's not like getting 20 K steps all of a sudden you're not hungry. That's not true. It's probably the opposite, frankly, but there's probably a threshold in which, uh, some form of a bell curve where we hit a point where we're like, Oh, this is where we start getting some of those appetite suppressant benefits. And, you know, doubling that doesn't give us double the benefit probably ends up being the opposite actually. Um, and I'd say that eight to 10 K step goal should be, or you get extra points if it's alongside resistance training. Like, I don't know if this also goes without saying, but I wish it went without saying, but resistance training is amazing for your heart. I mean, like the, I know that we attach the word cardio with running on a treadmill, but to have a healthy heart, man, walking and lifting is an amazing combination. Like, I just think that that's massively underrated. If you walk a decent amount, eight 8,000 steps a day, and you lift rigorously three to five times a week, and you obviously do the other things that are you know involved in health. You maintain a decent body comp, decent nutrition, sleep enough, manage stress, you know, have meaningful relationships, all of that stuff. You're going to be super, super healthy. People are like, oh, I'm, I don't have something in my life where I'm fucking sweating and exhausted. Like I, I'm not, I'm not working my heart. That's bullshit. First of all, if you've ever done Bulgarian split squats, okay, you're huffing and puffing. Your heart is working totally. You ever done bilateral squats, back squats? You know, there's a ton of these things that in lifting that are also going to, you know, you will feel it from a from a subjective feedback perspective of the cardiovascular benefits. And so, lifting is super good for your heart. You will check that cardiovascular benefit box if you lift and walk. Yeah, I, I recommend honestly, generally speaking, lifting and walking is the two main forms of exercise that most people should strongly consider adding to their, uh, you know, day to day. If I could pick. To, you know, if I could, it's tricky because I, I want people to pick stuff they like. And so I, making general recommendation, what I think is kind of dumb, but uh, lifting and walking should be those first two boxes that get checked in my opinion. And some people are going to naturally get more steps and some people should, and some people are going to naturally get less and they're going to do just fine. Like there are other factors. Remember your step count doesn't by itself decide your cardiovascular health. 
or by itself decide your body composition status. Like it's one, albeit important contributor to both, but it's still only one factor. You can have cardiovascular health getting 5,000 steps a day. If you're doing other things like let's say rigorous resistance training, you can manage a certain level of body composition without getting 15,000 steps a day. Like it's not like it's not like to maintain a relatively healthy body composition. That means you must get way more steps. That is one way to contribute to this matrix, but it's not the only way. I have plenty of experiences uh, with clients getting sub 10,000 steps and guess what they do just fine because they lift hard and they focus on their nutrition, they sleep well and everything else, you know, at least is picked up uh, and in check. Cool. Last question is, should you get more or less depending on your fat loss goals? I'll have people like, oh, how do I, how do I decrease cardio now that I'm not in a cut anymore? How do I bring cardio back down? This kills me. And I think we need to take a step back and say, uh, you shouldn't be jacking up your steps by double during a fat loss phase only to go back to like, you know, the minute you're out of a deficit, you're like, oh my God, I really need to decrease this cardio. It's super unsustainable. I really don't enjoy it. Like getting more step, and it's a fine line because I think getting a little bit more steps in a fat loss phase or at least more highly prioritizing hitting a certain number on average is a decent idea because obviously it helps create a deficit, duh. Um, but it should be still mostly through nutrition, I think. I think the amount of movement I'd, I want people to get, whether they're in a bulk or a maintenance or a cut, should be pretty damn similar. Like you shouldn't be getting 20,000 steps in your cut and then the minute your cut's over, you're like, oh, I'm going back to 5,000. It's like, I'd rather see you go through these phases of, of body composition change with a cardio amount that always feels sustainable. I see people jacking up cardio in an attempt to lose more weight and it ends up creating just an overall um, like a, a um, combination of habits that feels really unsustainable, which makes the fat loss phase less likely to be a success. The transition to maintenance may be less likely to be a success. And obviously there are gonna be exceptions to this rule. People who can manipulate those variables just fine in a good headspace and not really care. But I do see that these people who are jacking up cardio as the primary or at least too much so um, as a tool for fat loss end up getting to the end of the road, the fat loss road. They want to transition to maintenance and they're like, well, how do I decrease cardio without one gaining a bunch of weight, which you won't, we'll talk about that, but also getting a ton of anxiety that you're not doing so much anymore. And so whether you're in a gain or a cut or maintenance, my answer is almost always the same. You should get an amount of steps that is sustainable to you or for you and also when you combine it with your nutrition habits allows you to get the body composition results that you want. And so that means that, okay, maybe it can go up a little bit, tiny bit in a cut, fine, sure. If that helps you, you know, maybe lose weight a little faster, allows you to eat a little bit more and lose the same rate, that's cool. But we're talking about small standard deviations here. I'm not talking about doubling cardio in a cut, having it in a, in a bulk, keeping it, you know, wherever in maintenance. It should be relatively static. We should not be just like, I don't know. I don't I don't think that that's a realistically good sustainable tool for people to be losing weight primarily through jacking up their cardio. Uh, and it does pose this like almost anxiety when the diet is over and you're like, oh my God, how do I go? How do I go back down to, to doing less cardio without gaining a bunch of weight? Now, hindsight 2020, the person who's, who's listening to this and might be in this situation already, it might not be helpful for you right now to hear that. Like what should you actually do if you're actually in this point where you're doing 18,000 steps right now and you've been doing that for your fat loss phase, but the fat loss phase is over now and you want to bring cardio down, my advice is just bring the cardio down and leave maybe leave calories the same or do a smaller uptick during your reverse process than you would have. Um, but just fucking bring the cardio down to a sustainable amount. Stop overthinking it. If you're going from 15K to, to 10K or 12K to 8K, like 
it's going to be fine. That's not like a massive change that all of a sudden it's going to totally throw off your calorie balance. Like most of this fear is happening in your head. And if you just thought about what's sustainable and you bring cardio down to a sustainable amount, you bring the step count down to a sustainable amount, more often than not, I see that less things change than you think. If you go from 12 to 8K steps, a lot of times nothing changes. And you're like, well, I just decreased my steps by a third. Uh, and how come nothing is changing? Well, the body is a pretty interesting thing. We don't need to get into it now, but sometimes, you know, you're getting less steps. Maybe you're doing less dedicated cardio. Maybe it, on the net balance of 24-hour calorie burn, it doesn't change as much as you think, especially if you've been in a deficit, and this is part of the reverse process where you're getting out of that deficit and getting back to maintenance. Bringing down steps can be helpful. Um, cool. Obviously, working with together with a coach and finding the best balance of adding calories and bringing cardio down is what I would recommend than just kind of willy-nilly doing it yourself. But um, for most people, I think, who are in this position where they've been doing so much cardio in a cut and they're so afraid to bring it down, like, just go ahead and bring the cardio down to a sustainable level. It's going to have to go there anyway. By definition, what you're doing is already unsustainable. Uh, and so I would bring the calorie, I would bring the cardio down to something that is sustainable and start to kind of uh, course correct from there. Cool. Quick summary here. Uh, why do we care about getting steps? Two main reasons, cardiovascular health and weight management. Obviously, moving burns calories. I'd say there's a third little asterisk here for mental health benefit in terms of getting outside, whether it's you know being in nature or just being out in the sunshine or listening to a podcast or doing something you enjoy. But I would say that most of the discussion that we have here is about cardio health and weight management. Um, so do you need 10,000 steps? Not not, not specifically. That It's pretty arbitrary. Does it mean it's in the ballpark of, of an amount that can give you a sustainable amount of cardiovascular health and potential weight management benefits? Sure. But there's going to be, it's one piece of a cardiovascular health checklist and it's one piece of a weight management checklist. And so you need to start looking at your life in context, look at your whole lifestyle and say, okay, you know, it's not realistic for me to get 14,000 steps. Maybe it's not, but it is realistic for me to, you know, uh, you know, take a closer look at my nutrition or, you know, make sure I'm getting eight hours of sleep per night or manage my stress or rigorously weight train three to five times a week. And so look at it in this, in this matrix of a lot of different things, a lot of moving parts, your activity, your need, your getting amount of steps is an important part of that, but you can get cardiovascular benefits and weight management benefits uh, with a lot of different step counts. Uh, cool. It doesn't really matter how you get them. I, I, as a coach, personally don't care at all how my clients accumulate those steps. What I care most is that they enjoy it. They view it as sustainable. It's something that they could see themselves doing forever. That's an amount of, the amount of steps that you should get, and I don't really even care what phase you're in. It should be an amount of steps that you could see yourself getting forever. Um, that is my general advice, let's say. Obviously, it could be more specific if we had more... Um, we went more in depth on the individual. Cool. In general, if we had to give a general recommendation, I think something like eight to 10K steps is a decent ballpark that's attainable, sustainable, and give you a nice balance of those cardiovascular health benefits, cardio, uh, calorie burn, and some of that appetite suppression that we do see with increased movement. Um, extra points for doing that alongside resistance training. And if you are lifting and walking and obviously doing the other things like not smoking and not being overweight and sleeping enough and you can be a perfectly healthy person with a perfectly healthy heart. Um, don't think this is like, wow, I'm not, I'm not, you know, doing hit class or I'm not sprinting and sweating like crazy in my cardio. It's okay. You, you can still have a perfectly healthy heart. Cool. All right. And then last but not least, this discussion of like, should you be, you know, jacking up cardio in a fat loss phase? I probably don't recommend that. I would rather you, you, you know, if you want to turn that dial up and down a little bit, depending on the phase you're in, that's fine. But I think it should still be with 
within the context of something that you feel is sustainable, at least sustainable for the amount of time that you need to be doing it. And you have a plan in terms of tapering up and down depending on how things change. All right, cool. Uh, That's it guys. And I will see you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Where Optimal Meets Practical. If you liked the episode, it would mean the world to me if you posted a screenshot to your social media or left a five-star review on iTunes. That stuff really helps. If you ever want to get in touch with me, just shoot me a DM on Instagram, at Jordan Lips Fitness. I'm always around to chat. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.